What's up, everybody? I'm Juan Antonio, and thank you very much for listening to 5 Minutes of Faith. Well, we have a pretty big week upcoming here. Um, On June 27th will be the one-year anniversary since uh, Nicole's grandfather passed away. Um, He was her father figure and a great man of God, and it's because of him that I made the decision to fully, fully give my life to Christ, um, submit every single part of me to him, even the parts I didn't like about me. Um, I gave it all to him and um, Christ did not disappoint, but I wanted to just say a simple sentence that he said that like rocked my world and changed the entire trajectory of my life where he had found out that he had a brain tumor the size of an orange, um, didn't have much time to live, and yet he had this joy about him that I've never ever seen with somebody that just got that type of devastating news. And he simply just said, look, I'm sad to leave you guys, I'm going to miss you guys, he said, but I know where I'm going. And it's because of that one statement that I was like, whoa. I want to be there one day. I want to be on my deathbed saying, I know where I'm going. And that's what led me to change my whole, you know, my whole life around. So um, I wanted to acknowledge that. And I hope that that spoke to some of you. Well, let me jump. And before I jump into the word, actually, on June 28th, the day right after that is when we go to the cancer center and we find out whether Nicole is in remission or not. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've been 100%. Yeah, she's, she's going to be in remission. Yeah, I've had my doubts. Um, but while I'm going in there fully expecting to hear that she is in remission, I'm going in there with faith knowing that um, God's healed her and that we will be able to grow old together and that we'll be able to uh, put this whole cancer thing behind us. So please, please keep us in your prayers. And I appreciate everybody's prayers thus far. So now let me jump right into the word here. I wanted to kind of share a story in the Bible about the centurion who asked Jesus to heal his servant. So let me jump right in here. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 8 verses 5 through 13. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in the bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come in my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go I or come and they come. And if they say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel, and I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east to west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast of the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown out into utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back because you believed it has happened and the young servant was healed at that same hour so (laughs) how powerful is that this centurion okay so before i even 
jump into this this man's faith, I wanted to give you the background of a centurion. So a centurion who actually oversaw a legion, and a legion was around a hundred uh, soldiers uh, and commanding officers total, um, and they were in charge of a certain section. So I'm assuming this centurion section was Capernaum, and they were known uh, to help build temples, to help transport uh, prisoners, but they were also known to be very brutal disciplinarians. Um, and at the end of the day, they were Roman soldiers. So we all kind of know how harsh and how uh, how big of authoritative figures they were back in those days. And yet, this centurion submitted all authority to Christ. He sought out Christ to help one of his servants. When servants came a dime a dozen, he sought out Christ for this one servant, which led me to think, okay, what was it about this servant? Nobody really knows. All it says, uh, if you look at Luke chapter 7, this same story, uh, it says that there were other people there uh, that served as witnesses to what the centurion was saying. And they said that, yeah, this man's helped build some temples, so please do this for this man. But that's about it. So I'm just basing this all off of assumption. I'm assuming that the servant was a great worker, obviously, but not just that. People don't recognize you for just being a great worker. I'm assuming this man brought something more to the table. This, I'm, I'm assuming this man encouraged others. This man's attitude was infectious, regardless of the circumstance or situation that they were in. Um, this man showed up and helped others as well, is what I'm assuming. Um, because, like I said, if you're just a good worker, people will acknowledge that you're a good worker. But for other people to actually want... Uh, you to be healed and be emotionally invested, you had to have you have to have moved them emotionally somehow, right? I mean, that's just an assumption that I'm making again, like I said. But here's the thing: is that servants and centurions were completely different people. I mean, servants were essentially slaves back then that were owned for 30 years. After those 30 years, they had the option of buying themselves out of. Uh, being servants, or they could just continue on being servants uh, for however long. So um, I'm assuming that this man would show up and maybe he wouldn't complain. And this brings me um, to Philippians chapter 2 verses 14 and 15, where Paul tells us, the church, to do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright stars in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So I'm assuming that this servant was a shining star amongst crooked and perverse people. I'm assuming this man was a shining star amongst people that had no hope. People that were sitting there going, man, I got 30 years of this to, to do. And... He was, I'm assuming that he was an encourager, that he would show up to work, help build those temples, but also helped build the people around him up. So let me encourage you today, whether you're in a position of authority or whether you're in a position of a servant, give all authority to God. People will know who you serve or where you're at with your walk in faith by how your attitude is. Like I said, I have had my doubts with this whole 
um, scan that's upcoming. I've had my my doubts. I've had my fears. But at the end of the day, I'm able to uh, rely on the Holy Spirit to reel me back in and realize that God has it all under control. And me worrying about it is not going to do anything. But me submitting it to Christ and knowing that it's under his authority and under his power gives me so much freedom and the ability to praise him regardless of what the circumstance I'm in. And the beautiful thing about all this is that we all have the choice to make to do this. We can all make the choice to let our circumstances drive our relationship with God or let God drive our reaction to the circumstances. And I tell you what, I've been in the situation where I let my circumstances drive my relationship to God, and I don't like that. But the moment I decided to let God drive my attitude and give Him control over every single circumstance, that's the moment I experienced true freedom. All right, y'all, that's all I have for you for today. And let us go ahead and jump into prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for all of the listeners today. Thank you for your purpose in our lives, Lord. Thank you for your divine appointment in every single one of our lives. We thank you that we don't have to ask you for your presence because you are always there, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, remind us that God's always there. Give us a nudge whenever we need to get nudged. Allow us to be joyful in every circle, in every single circumstance, knowing that you are in control. Lord, allow us to surrender all control and all authority to you so that we can experience true freedom, Lord. Lord, please move in us. Allow us to be like bright, shining stars in this dark world. Don't allow the darkness in this world to drive us, but allow our lights to make a difference in this dark world. Thank you, Father. And that's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. That's all I have for you today. Um, Please, if you have any prayer requests, please send them to 888-394-0184. Please text 888-394-0184. Yeah, that's about it. I appreciate everybody's prayers. God bless. Love you all. Peace.